Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. If you are listening to this, this is also a video episode, and I'm really excited about our guest today. I've spoken with her in depth before, and she's an amazing woman, Kieran Dunstan, MD. She is an OBGYN that lost a life-changing 100 pounds and healed herself from chronic disease by addressing the root causes of her problem. And now she's doing an amazing summit that I am honored to be part of and something that really needs to happen called Stop the Menopause Madness online summit which is coming up here at the beginning of november we'll talk all about that on this show welcome kieran thank you so much Elsa. glad to be here so let's talk about this i mean you're a doctor you're medically a train trained and then shiz his the fan so give us your story of you know what led you here Yeah. So here I'm supposed to know more about women's health than anybody else because I'm board certified OBGYN and yet I weighed 243 pounds. I had chronic fatigue. I had fibromyalgia, which is pain in the body every day. I had depression, anxiety. My hair was falling out. I had no sex drive and I looked and felt 20 years older than I was. And I tried everything I knew to figure out what was wrong. I ran all the tests, my thyroid tests, everything. I went to my internist. I'd say something's got to be wrong. She would run tests and they'd all come back, quote unquote, normal. And finally, I think it was the 10th time I had checked my thyroid or told her, asked her to check it. She said, Kieran, stop. There's nothing wrong with you. Please stop with this. And I remember going home and just crying and feeling so lost and so helpless. Like what is wrong with me that I am obviously obese and unhealthy and all these tests are coming back normal. I'm doomed to live this way the rest of my life. It's going to get worse because it kept getting worse. And I kept adding prescription medications and I don't, I don't want to live a life like this. And I really got to the point. I said, if this is what life's going to be, I don't want to live it anymore. But I had no choice. I want to chime in right there and highlight and say that people who've heard me interview have heard those exact words come from my mouth. Um, and, and one of the, the things that makes me, ugh, gives me goosebumps is you're like a fellow MD. I had a, a parent who said, you've got to stop going to all these doctors. Like you're going to have to listen to one of them. And it just feels so defeating. And you're like, I know something's wrong. And here you are, you're a doctor. And another fellow doctor is like, give up. You're you know, just, and again, yeah. as you know, and you'll tell us, tell us, you know, the proper tests you finally figured out, but you, you dug deeper and you went beyond your training to investigate. Tell us then what, what led you to the answers. And I'm, I really do want you to touch on fibromyalgia because boy, a lot of doctors will discount that and think it's some phantom in your head disease and it ain't no joke. It is no joke. It's pain in your body in multiple places on a daily basis. I mean, for God's sake, I had a breast reduction, L, because I thought that was cause of the pain in my shoulders. It wasn't the cause of the pain in my shoulders. Um, so, but just to let you know, what finally shifted it for me was a patient. 
So I would, was seeing here I am at midlife with all this craziness going on that I can't fix. And I'm dealing with all these midlife women with the same stuff, right? Weight gain, tired, but can't sleep, mood problems, you know, digestive problems, period problems, no sex drive, right? You know, the, the drill. And so I did the usual, what my board certification said is give her this birth control pill. That doesn't work. Give her this one. She can't sleep. Give her a sleeping pill to knock her out. Oh, she's depressed. Give her a depression, but like all this polypharmacy crap. And it wasn't working because it doesn't. And she went away. I didn't see her for a year. She came back. I saw her at the end of the hall. I'm like, what? Like she looked like a different person. Like glowing. Yeah. Glowing. 30 pounds lighter. Eyes bright. I saw, I ran up to her. I said, what did you do? Because I knew something was different. And she said, oh, I went to this doctor who practices this thing called functional medicine. And I learned about it from this book. And I brought you the book. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was so just you know, results speak for themselves. And, um, you know, I took the book home. It was by Suzanne Summers. And I was married at the time. And I said to my husband, I'm not reading this book. It's by Chrissy on Three's Company. Like, what's she going to teach me about women's health that I don't already know? I was so arrogant. And he said, yeah, she was a Playboy bunny too. And then I was like, I'm definitely not reading it. So it sat on the nightstand. Finally, one day, like three months later, I was in the bed on a Saturday where I always was. I was either at work or in my pajamas in the bed. And uh, my kids came in and they said, mom, we're going to the movies. We'll be back. Like they didn't even bother asking me anymore because they knew the answer was always no. No, I'm not going to that thing. So I said, let me just pick it up and look at it so I can give it back to her and say, thank you very much and be done with it. And uh, funniest thing happened. I picked it up and all of a sudden I realized like, this is not anything about Suzanne Summers. She's using her celebrity vehicle to bring information by doctors and scientists who are credible about this thing I never heard of called functional medicine. And before long, I'm reading this thing like it's the Da Vinci Code. Because despite the fact that I had gone to medical school and learned all of the beauty and complexity of how the body works and all the systems and just how wonderfully intricate and beautiful it is, I was told in residency, never mind about all that. Give this drug because that's what we do. Give that drug because that's what we do. Do this surgery because that's what we do. Don't worry about all that stuff. So all that stuff was in this book, the biochemistry, the hormone system. It works like this. This is why you need to look at the cortisol. This is how you appropriately need to assess the thyroid. You All this you learned in medical school is what you need to be doing with people. And I was like, oh my God. So all of a sudden the door opened, light shone in, and I had this hope, Elle. I was like, oh my God, if this is really true, and I knew it was true because I learned it all in medical school, I can use this, these special tests that we've never used as a board certified physician to find out what's wrong. And when I do the right thyroid test and I read them the right way, wow, I might have a thyroid problem. And guess what? I did. Yeah. Many times what, I was the, what was the thought? Was the thyroid problem at all reverse T3 related or not? Was it just that you were low? Did you have to take thyroid hormone replacement to fix it? What was the uh, trajectory of your thyroid issue? Yeah, it was, I did not have antibodies, so no Hashimoto's, mm-hmm. um, but I was hypothyroid, low T3, but also elevated reverse T3. And then when I discovered the salivary cortisol test and did that, mine was like a flat line at the bottom. It was one of the worst I've ever seen. Yep. And so that totally tanked my thyroid. Um, and so I discovered, you know, I had low progesterone, so I had like a plethora of hormonal 
dysfunction that mainstream medicine did not diagnose. So when I hear you talk to people, I say, amen, sister, because they need to know, okay, I love doctors. We, we have saved lots of lives and we do a lot of good, but I do have to throw us a little bit under the bus because we are not trained in proper hormonal evaluation or proper root cause of disease evaluation, chronic disease or treatment. And so I didn't know what I didn't know. Now I know better. Now I do better. You know, I want to I want to interject and give a shout out actually to Suzanne Summers because you know she has really been she was at the forefront of this for, for from the very beginning, and actually it was one of her books like 15 years ago or so, and I forget which one, but in it was a gynecologist uh, OBGYN in Beverly Hills who she referenced in the book, and I thought, well, let me go see this guy. Now he didn't end up treating me, and I really I had I had so little money at that time because I'd spent it all on these you know uninformed doctors, and so like he was one of those doctors that didn't accept insurance. It was like $600 a visit, you know, and, but they finally tested me correctly. They tested my free T3. Now they didn't test reverse T3. didn't even know about that at the time, but it, I, I didn't have a problem with that. So I was okay. But that test, I paid greatly for it financially, but that test through that doctor finally gave me the peace of mind to go, I, it's a thyroid problem. It's not this problem. It's not this. Problem. And I had doctors at age 30 trying to put me on progesterone and trying to patchwork the pill and all this kind of stuff, right? As you know, from speaking with me for my interview and everyone knows from my book, et cetera. And it literally was Suzanne Summers reference doctor who at least gave me the like, aha, that's what it is. And now I know all these docs have effed me and I'm going to figure this out myself now that I know what it is. And literally that was the defining moment that led me to go, now I know what to do because now I know what to fix. So just shout out to Suzanne Summers for sure. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Suzanne. She has done so much she has. for women's health. Yes. So, um, so how did you resolve this conundrum of this myriad of symptoms and issues? How did you start to treat it? I mean, I'm assuming you're doing all at once, right? Like you're getting the gut together. You're looking at all these things. What, when did you turn a corner? Where, where, where was it in the, the trajectory there? Well, so actually, you know, the, the identification of the hormonal imbalances was first. And then I was kind of like Hansel and Gretel following the breadcrumb trail. So I was like, oh, what she said is true. What the scientists said is true. I started working with a naturopath and um, treating the progesterone, the thyroid, all these things. And then I was like, okay, what else can I learn about this? And I think uh, Suzanne referenced Life Extension Foundation. I was like, okay, what do they got? So I went to one of their conferences and then I learned about food sensitivity and I learned about gut health and I learned all. So then I would get the tests that I had never heard of and I would do them on myself and of one and then I would um, treat it and I'd learn how do you treat this and I'd start treating it and oh my god was my gut messed up oh my gosh right so no stomach acid no digestive enzymes you know abnormal bacteria parasite I had one parasite um, and inflammation like crazy food sensitivities oh my gosh L. Like my test came back and I was like, what am I not sensitive to? I had such really? leaky gut. I mean, it was a mess. How am I a board certified OBGYN? And there is a test I don't even know about that when I do it, it's going to tell me that these 
all, half the foods I'm eating are making me sick that I never heard about and we or never ever felt about. because sensitivity tests are things right. that could be just for those listening and watching the food sensitivity test is not necessarily an allergy test where you might not even feel like, you know, if I right. eat some dairy, I'll feel the mucus forming. Okay. And I don't even have a technical allergy to dairy, but that's what that does to me. And my food sensitivity test, and I'd love to hear about some of yours, but here I, I'm wondering if you had a similar experience. On my food sensitivity test, the thing that stood out to me the most was in the column of severe intolerance. There was one thing, and it was cocoa. Now, I'm not a huge chocolate fan, but this is, I had a flashback because when I was a kid, I hated chocolate, didn't want any chocolate, Hershey's, s'mores, chocolate ice cream, chocolate cake. People thought I was crazy. They were always like, you don't like chocolate? And I'd be like, ugh, gross. It's almost like my unadulterated, non-toxic child body knew better to stay away from that. Then chocolate got really gourmet over the years when I grew up and they're putting bacon in chocolate. And, and so I started to kind of get into it and, and I liked it, but I never felt anything happen. Like I didn't have an immediate response. And that is where a food sensitivity test can really help because these things could be causing inflammation in the background, even if you don't know it. And frankly, cocoa is kind of primal paleo, sprinkle it on some fresh whipped cream. And I was doing that. I mean, I wasn't eating chocolate regularly but now I'm like, okay, that test really informed some decisions that I make. It's not that I won't ever, ever eat chocolate. It's just that, yeah, I'm not going to consume it regularly and let's see what happens. I'm wondering, was there anything like that for you that, that kind of made you go, oh, that's interesting. I had an aversion to that thing and I should have listened to it. Or do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. And I sometimes hear that from people that, yeah, when I was a kid, I never wanted to eat that. But more often what I hear is the opposite. I couldn't stay away from it because what people don't get is that the foods you're sensitive to are those things that you are addicted to and you want to eat all the time. Wow. And that's what my list, like gluten, dairy, and then weird things, cauliflower, almonds, which I eat every day, peaches, blueberries, severely sensitive, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm healthy eating cauliflower and almonds. And your body's like, no, you are causing a fire, you know, and, yep. and you're making inflammation. So I see both ways um, that people have an yeah. aversion or, yeah. But um, I just discovered I, I was just a mess inside. But every test I did as a mainstream board certified physician came back, quote unquote, normal. You tell me that's not insane. But when I did the right test and I read them the right way, I was having a dumpster fire inside. In my gut was a dumpster fire, right? I had heavy metals. I had lead. I had mercury, crazy amounts. Me too. Um, Right. And, uh, you know, then when Let I me start ask you something about the high mercury, because I'm curious about your experience here. Um, I have gotten it down from 30 to 10. I'm still doing a little bit of work to clean up the rest of it. Um, and I did it all naturally aside from the protocol on how to do it. I will say this, I can't exactly qualify it, but all I can say is that when I started to do the natural detox from it, there was a point a few months in where I was like, I feel different and I can't totally qualify it. And I know this mercury is getting its way out of my body. Like I just know this test is going to be better. And again, I couldn't totally qualify it. It was a level of inflammation, maybe some anxiety. There's some mental stuff, but I can't totally qualify it. But I felt different. Did you notice a difference from being high mercury? And, and what were those feelings? If you can qualify them, I kind of can't in a weird way. 
Yeah, I mean, some of them I can qualify. I mean, detoxing heavy metals, as you know, um, and everyone listening should know, it's a very slow, methodical, tedious process. This is not overnight. It's not like taking an antibiotic for a week and you're done. Like I'm talking years, right? Um, so I did IV chelation probably for two years. And so it's the, the, the changes are very subtle. Actually, it's interesting. When I first started doing it, I would feel horrible after because the chelating agents liberate the metals and you can feel worse before you feel better. Once you start clearing them, then you can actually feel better. So um, yeah, I actually went into a lot of depression and anxiety initially as they were liberated. My brain was like, what? Um, But then as they started clearing out, it's clearer thought processes, thinking, stabilized mood. And it's almost like your body took a deep breath and just went, yes. I would describe it that way too. Yeah. Yeah. Like you feel comfortable in your skin, but now I was doing all of these things. So fixing all the hormones, but actually the metals have to come later because you really, it's, it's hard on your body to detox them as you know. So I don't recommend that anyone does this up front. So I was already in a lot better shape and had lost a lot of weight and was, you know, de-inflamed, de-leaky gutted and, you know, way better in hormonal balance. So then I did the the metals, but it's just an ease in your own body and a feeling of well-being. And and I I will say with the fibromyalgia, you know, I I like to say, you mentioned that earlier, I think it's very important to talk about because there's so many people who, women who are diagnosed with this, what I call garbage diagnosis, because all it means is pain in your body. Why is that a diagnosis? Oh, you have pain in your body. So what did they give you? Drugs that block you from having pain. Well, that doesn't address why you have it. So the why usually falls into three main categories. One is the hormonal balance people, fibromyalgics. Two is toxicity fibromyalgics. And three is nutritional deficiency fibromyalgics. Um, And so some people have two or more of those, you know, you've got to see what, what issues you have going in, but there's a reason why you have it. And so, gosh, I've got lost with my point. Cause I started talking about fibromyalgia. Where were we so going? You were talking about the three aspects of it, going back to it. And then right. also perhaps your trajectory on how you were able to, you know, you're cleaning the gut, you're doing the mercury. Well, mercury came later. And I want to just highlight that too. Like you yep. said, you have to be at a, a baseline where your body can actually detox stuff. So you want to try to prime some shiz first, right? That's what you mean. Right. Yeah. So I had flatline cortisol. That's reason enough to have fibromyalgia, right? And low progesterone, another reason to have fibromyalgia. But I had gotten that cleaned up, but I still was having pain. So then when you go to the toxicity, gut inflammation, reason enough to have fibromyalgia. Um, Fix that. Still was having some pain. And that's when I started looking at the metals. Metals, huge reason to have fibromyalgia. You know, I saw this, um, I tried out for this tennis team locally. That's one of my gifts of the coronavirus this week. And I met this old patient of mine um, from when I used to practice, have a brick and mortar practice. And she said, you know, you helped me so much. Um, She said that they, the doctors had told me I had fibromyalgia and you did the tests and you, we did the IV vitamin infusions. She had some heavy metals too. We did some chelation and she's like, and all my pain went away. What were they talking about? I had fibromyalgia. And so it's so true. So anyone with these diagnoses that are just symptoms, irritable bowel syndrome. That's not a diagnosis. Fibromyalgia, it's not a diagnosis. Really, when you get down to it, depression, 
although it's in the, the DSM as a diagnosis, there's a reason why people are depressed. It's a symptom like you're talking, that's where you're <laughs> getting at, right? Symptom. Yeah. Yes, these are symptoms. So in functional medicine, we go symptoms up in the, in the branches and leaves, we go down the root, the, the trunk to the roots, and we look at why. How old were you when this started, FRE started to happen to you? Well, I discovered functional medicine. I was about 47 or 48. So, you know, in my 40s. Perimenopausal timing of some progesterone drops. So that makes sense. Yeah. So um, it was just this descent with hormones. And, you know, all I knew as a board certified OBGYN was birth control pills, sleeping pills. And boy, did I have a pharmacy at home. You know, I had a pill for every ill. But now I know that's not the answer. And if you really want to create health, you want to heal your body. You're not going to find the answer in a prescription bottle. You're not going to find the answer by having surgery. You're going to have to tease out the root causes for you personally, what's out of balance with my B vitamins and specific B vitamins, one, two, five, six, seven, nine, right? What's out of balance with my nutritional inputs? What am, what's in my body that's toxic, that's clogging it up? You know, do I have bisphenol A? Do I have phthalates? You know, do I have mercury? Get that stuff out um, and balance all the hormones because they're the communicators. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned this on, I think, uh, the interview we did for your summit, but, and I've probably mentioned it here on this podcast before, but I think it's worth saying, which is when I was inflamed and had all these things that I didn't know was going on, high mercury, high extra excess fibrinogen, all this kind of stuff, and pre-diabetic, when the doctor did a general CBC, like the Western doctor, not digging deeper, they literally were like, you're looking great. Keep doing what you're doing. Then I go to my functional doctor, you know, a little bit later and he's basically like, you can have a heart attack or a stroke at any minute. What? And that's what we're talking about. The difference between literally life and death and going to a doctor. I mean, really a heart attack or stroke at the age of 42 when I work out and I eat healthy, look, stuff can go wrong. If you don't have a real serious investigator like Kieran or someone else who's a functional doctor to get in there and look at it, you're, you, again, doctors are going to be like, you're doing great. Your lipid panel's great. Da, 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 da. But meanwhile, I had stick thicky blood. I'm pre-diabetic. No one took the HbA1c. No one tested fibrinogen. And all these things got cleaned up very quickly with, honestly, supplementation, which a lot of these doctors would call snake oil and a joke. But it saved my life. You know, I, I remember leaving that my functional doctor's office that day, bawling my eyes the entire way home, which was like a two-hour drive. Because I was like, how, how am I here? But, but I was, and thank God I found out, or I might not be talking to you right now. So again, this is some real serious stuff and it's important. Let's menopause, perimenopause. What yeah. a nightmare. I mean, look, it's so much better now, but I remember like watching my mom kind of suffer through it edged towards 50, 51, 52. Um, I even, you know, was like, okay, well, how do I prepare for this? I will say to the women out there, so I'm 47, I will say that really, if I look back in hindsight, I started to have some imbalances around age 40. It can happen. It can happen earlier, as you know, but I started to have some imbalances that I, I wish I, you know, some symptoms that now I look back and I go, okay, had I known that now? And again, these are things like, I just want to point out for women who are, you know, regularly menstruating and not fully in menopause yet. The, the biggest symptom that I can point out is 
after ovulation, before your period, it's like you gain 10 pounds, you can't lose, you get bloated, you're emotional, and you're just a disaster in terms of like your body and mind from ovulation to your, to your, to your day of your period. That is a really big sign, you know, because at that time I was like, it's not my thyroid dose. It's not my thyroid medication. Like what's going on? Why am I gaining all this weight? You know, again, hormonal imbalance. And, and, and I'm sure, as you know, there's lots of things that contribute to that. It doesn't always mean someone has to go on hormone replacement. It means maybe you need to correct an under underlying situation. Um, but this is, this is like major life effery. And, you know, I know that in a few years I'm going to need your help because I'm going to be going through the full blown part of it at some point. And this is what I've heard from women. And I don't know if this is your case too, where it takes a minute to, to figure out what levels of which hormones might be right for you. This is a, this is something where you need to be involved as a patient. You can't just hand over your health to someone. You gotta, gotta learn and stay in tune to your symptoms. Because again, like if you're on bioidentical hormone replacement, but your nipples are very sore all the time, then you might not be on the right dose of X. Right. So let's talk about this time of life. And I'm so glad you're doing the summit because it's confusing. Men have dominated this conversation for a long time and we, we really need, and you're gathering all the experts to really talk about all these angles, but what are some of the major things and themes that you can point out there to women to go, Hey, if this is happening to you, this might be, you're going in this direction. Yeah. And at the summit really is for women 40 to 60. So it's perimenopause and menopause. And this was not intentional, but I'd say 95% or probably more of the experts on the summit are women. That was not intentional, but this just tells you how much, and most of them are credentialed medical professionals, MDs, NDs, nutritionists, et cetera, um, tells you how much women have had to take the bull by the horns, right? Because it's, it's not been looked at um, by men. You know, men have dominated medicine. And until recently, uh, until I became a resident, they dominated OBGYN residencies and doctors. But now when I was a resident, which was 20 years ago, we switched over and now it's women. Um, but even women who are trained in that Western mind, they don't get it until they do get it. And I think we have something like eight or nine OBGYNs who are functional on the summit. So what women need to know is you need to start soon and as early as possible to know what are my hormones. If you can, in your 20s, you should be seeing where do I feel the best? When you feel great, that's the time to have your first hormone assessment. So then you know what you're aiming for when you get in your 40s and things start getting wonky. But if you didn't do it then, okay, in your 40s, get an assessment, get tested. And I'm talking about salivary or Dutch dried urine hormone metabolite testing to see where your hormone levels are and what needs to be tweaked. So one of the reasons I call that menopause the straw that broke the camel's back, right? We get to 51 average age of menopause in the US and we think, oh my gosh, everything's due to menopause. We blame everything on menopause. But the madness is that is just a drop in the bucket of what's been accruing, accruing, accruing in terms of your imbalances for the past 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years that you weren't paying attention to, that you weren't aware of. Food sensitivities you had no symptoms of, except mm, you carry an extra 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 pounds, right? Or you're just tired all the time, or your sex drive isn't right, or your hair's falling out, right? You don't think, oh, my hair's falling out. I have food sensitivity because you weren't taught that. Mainstream doctors aren't telling you that. 
I'm here to tell you, you need to start thinking about these things. Any symptoms you're having in your body that you don't want, where you don't say, I got it, I feel great, I have energy, I look great, there is a reason. Do not listen to, oh, it's just because you're getting older, that's part of normal aging. That's a lie, okay? That's a lie. You should be just as beautiful, healthy, energetic at 60 as you are were at 20. There is no reason that that can't happen for you. And anyone who tells you otherwise is because they don't understand what causes aging and how the body works. So, you know, I'm, I get so passionate about this because I didn't have the information. And so this is what the summit is about, is empowering you. You cannot, like Elsa's says, abdicate control of your health to the medical establishment because they're going to give you drugs that are band-aids and surgery that are band-aids and tell you it's normal for your age that you don't want to have sex. No, you should be having the best sex of your life in your fifties. I am here to tell you best. So they, if you're turning over control of your health to them and saying, you're going to tell me everything I need and everything I need to do. I'm telling you what, you're going to die prematurely you are going to get diabetes. You're going to get cancer. One in two of us will get cancer. You are going to have all the things, autoimmune disease that are going to mess your life up in a big way. And you're going to say, why me? And why I'm going to tell you now is why you, if you didn't take control of your health. There are so many tools available to you now. Books like Elle's book, my book, all the experts on the summit who have, like I said, a lot of them credentialed medical professionals, but a lot of them are bootstrapped. I had to figure this out myself to save my life. And I find that people like that are sometimes the most knowledgeable about particular diseases. Um, And so you... That information is out there, but you cannot abdicate control of your health to medical establishment, you are going to have to learn how your body works, what tests you need, where to get them, and what treatments work that are mostly natural. And I tell you what else, you're going to have to invest financially in your health and stop looking to your insurance to cover it. Because if you think that a $50 copay is going to diagnose the root causes of your disease and treat it, you are sorely mistaken and you are just going to have a slow descent into your grave. Your health is speaking my language. This is so, and I just want to highlight this. 40 to 60. Hey, turn 40. This is the time to invest in a functional doctor. It may cost a little bit more than your copay. I have talked to people who keep going to the wrong doctors, getting their 15 minutes, whatever, their drug, da 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 da, never get to the root. And I'm like, how much is your health worth to you? And they're like, oh, it's invaluable. And I'm like, well, you're not acting like it. <laughs> but at some point, you actually have to pony up and you have to do it. I don't care if you have to prepare and save, you need to borrow some money. You go get a good functional workup with the doc. You go through this. You know, maybe you spend between, you know, 500 and 2000 for total everything, supplements, tests, whatever. Okay. I mean, maybe it could be more depending on where you go. Look, there's some doctors in Los Angeles who charge $6,000 for a doctor two hours away that's doing the same thing who charges, you know, 500. So, so it all depends. They're not all worth their weight, but this is the exploration you have to go in. Like clean this up now. Had I known what I knew then, I mean, I was already on a little bit of the path with the paleo primal thing, but at the end of the day, like I still had to do the sensitivity test and, and clean up some stuff. And man, I feel so much better where 
where I am, look younger than I did even many years ago. And again, this is like an accelerated glycation. Like you said, you were a dumpster fire on the outside and inside. I was too, I looked so old. Like I was wrinkled. I mean, you could really see it. And um, so this is about remaining youthful and energetic as long as possible. And thankfully we do have Western medicine to be able to hack it. We don't have to go without these hormones if we don't want to do it naturally, like some people do. So this is just really important, like she said, to make sure you get an overhaul at some point between 40 and 50. It's never too late. Get in there, do an overall. That's all the people my age and a little bit older. I tell them all the time. I'm like, this is the time. This is the time of life. You got what do you got to lose here? You got the you got 50 more years left or 40 more years left. Let's let's do the second half right and clean it up. You're, you're speaking to the choir, but the truth is that, um, you know, we all say our health is our most valuable asset, but almost none of us act like it. We're like, oh, my health is my most valuable asset, but uh, I only want to spend a $50 copay. But that's what we've been trained to believe. And we've been trained to believe that health is created at the doctor's office for a $50 copay and a $25 drug copay. But what I'm asking you to do is open your eyes and see reality. It's like cold water in your face. Is that really creating health? No, right? One in two of us are getting cancer. That's not health. Um, you know, the rates of heart disease and diabetes are going up and, and you know, our lifespan is actually decreasing and our rate of diabetes and all chronic diseases is increasing. So that's not the creation of health. And so you really do need to put your money where your mouth is. Um, I have spent tens of thousands of dollars on test functional testing supplements just lifestyle right saunas and chelation and just all the kinds of things that i do for my health and i would have spent 10 times that because it's worth every penny once your health passes a certain point there's some things that cannot be reversed right and most people wait until it's too late and then they're like oh i would I would pay anything to not have this cancer, not have this autoimmune disease, you know, MS that causes severe disability or whatever it is. But there's, there's some diseases like that that no amount of money is going to fix. And people say, oh, I wish I had addressed this. So what we're talking about is you need to get in there and you need to start addressing these things. And you need to put your money where your mouth is because that's going to get you the result. Don't put the money into your house, into your car. We buy these fancy cars and your house, which if it burns down, you can buy another house. If, if your body burns down, which is your true home, there's sometimes no amount of money that's going to fix that. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we've seen this with their, you know, the billionaires dying early of something or whatever. And like, so they have all the money in the world, but this, your health is irreplaceable. And look, everyone's got advice to get over. We all have our moments like, okay, but we're going to do our best. That's, that's the whole message of us. Let's do our best to get there. Um, I wonder if just offhand, you know, it'd be fun to hear from you some really random, like, for example, sometimes it's really a small, dumb thing that is causing all these big problems, like a food sensitivity test, right? <laughs> or right, or it could just be like someone had some excess fibrinogen like me and just needed to clean out and do some brush cleaners through the blood kind of thing or, or heavy metals. And sometimes it's as dumb as nutrient deficiencies, right? It's as dumb as like your B12 deficient or your, what, are there any other ones that you're like, oh, this was an odd one, but it was the piece or it was, you know, a small thing that ended up being a link to kind of helping someone down the road because sometimes it's a dumb thing that's a really cheap fix that actually, is the lock, right? Or the key that unlocks it? I mean, two things come to mind when you say that. One is parasites. Ah. Um, you know, we Americans like to think that that's not an, a United States issue, but the yeah, truth is- we're first that, world, so yeah. Right. 
60% of us have a parasite. You know, we have a global economy, we have global uh, vegetation for eating, right? A consumption, if you look at your store and they happen to say where foods are sourced from, it's all over the world. We have parasites. And um, I actually saw a woman one time who was a physician and her health was just down the toilet, middle age, right? And just doing a functional stool test. So what a lot of people don't realize, they'll say, oh, my doctor checked me for parasites. So the standard medicine test for parasites is called an O&P, ova and parasite, where they take a smear of the stool, they look at it under the microscope, and they visually, a human being looks to see if they see ova, eggs, or the, the grown parasites. It's notoriously has a false negative rate of probably 80%. That means that 80, 80 times out of 100 that there are parasites there, the human looking isn't going to see them. So it's falsely negative. But when we, in functional medicine, we do DNA probes that actually look for the genetic material of the parasites. So I do the parasite test, the functional stool test on this woman. She comes back positive, not for one, not for two, but for three parasites right? This is another fellow physician in my community who had been running tests on herself. She had been to the gastroenterologist who told her she was fine. And we do the functional stool test. test. She has three parasites. That is fixable and pretty straightforward and simple. This is the reason your health has deteriorated over the past five to six years. And so just fix cleaning that up for her was like night and day. And then That's another yeah, that you mentioned that because that is one yeah. of those things again you don't really think about and it's a one-stop test slash correction that really launched her into finally feeling like a normal human being. Right. And then another situation comes to mind that sometimes it's so simple it's kind of you know you just don't you can't see it when you're in it Um, is, and there's this big fad towards intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. and not eating breakfast. And so, and then, you know, I find that we women at midlife fall in two categories. There are those people who really just don't want to exercise at all. And then there are those women who just take it to the extreme and they're doing HIIT training five days a week, right? For an hour. And it's like, we need to get moderation. So a woman comes to me and um, she's just so into her, I mean, biceps and she does her HIIT training and weights and all this, you know, really working out. And then she's gained 20 pounds. She can't lose it. She can't sleep. She's just tired all the time. Um, brain's not functioning, right? So all these symptoms and, you know, I said, well, she gets up at 4 a.m. and she doesn't eat until 11 a.m. Her poor body is screaming, oh my God, I'm starving. And then she goes, eats lunch and then goes after work and does a HIIT training with weights, intense, no pre-nutrition, no post-care, and then eats dinner, right? So cortisol tanked, Right. Thyroid was still hanging in there, which sometimes, you know, if the cortisol is that bad, we'll pull the thyroid off. Her insulin actually was hanging in there. Um, But cortisol tank, it's a simple thing. Eat breakfast, eat within an hour of getting up in the morning. Your body is looking for that when you don't give it enough of the right types of calories, protein and fat, right? Paleo. Um, Then, yeah. Then You know what? I'm actually, I'm going to publicly disagree with you here. Okay, go ahead. Well, I was saying intermittent fasting is 
ancestral in a lot of ways, but I think that people take it to the extreme. And this is what we always talk about in paleo primal, which is intermittent fasting is good. But again, it's about metabolic flexibility. So people will not listen to the sign that they do need to eat because they're like, well, this is the time and I'm hungry, but this is not the time I'm supposed to eat because I'm a person that intermittent fast. Because intermittent fasting can be extremely helpful in getting fat adapted. It can be extremely helpful in the getting rid of type two diabetes. But I, I, again, this is like keto, carnivore, anything. If you are consistently chronic, our ancestors also fluctuated. They came across, you know, fruit in summer and went to town. They, they ate what was available, right? So we were up and down, in and out. So I am a person that never eats breakfast every day. I hate it, never have liked it. However, what I will do is something sometimes, like whether that's a spoonful of coconut oil, could be a little, little quarter of an avocado with a bite of salmon from last night. I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat. I'm doing it in a medicinal type of way. Um, and so we might have a little bit differing views on that, but I think with intermittent fasting, the problem I see is that people are holding to it because that's the rule they've put in place for themselves. And that's not how I would intermittent fast. I think it needs to be more flexible. And I think you run into problems, especially when you're trying to fix yourself of something. I don't suggest intermittent fasting. Um, you may not wake up and eat a full breakfast, but, but I would still say there should be something from waking until two, three, PM until you're at a perfect platform where you're feeling great, then that might be the time to really test out intermittent fasting on a semi-regular basis and see if it's right for you. I also know people that just like, they're always hungry in the morning and they hate dinner. Hey, you got to go, like at some point we get intuitive and you got to go with it. So Mm -hmm. I think that that is my biggest problem with intermittent fasting is not in and of itself it being a bad thing, is that it's not applied correctly or it's taken to extreme because someone has identified with the fact that they are a person that does IF. Does that make sense? You can disagree with me. No, absolutely. It makes sense. But I'm going to fixate on one thing you said, which I think is true. You said, unless you're trying to fix something. So when your health is out of balance, there's something you need to fix. That is... That's not the time to intermittent fast. And that was my point with this woman. Agreed. I agree So she needed to stop the intermittent fasting, stop too much HIIT training. And like in the summit, we got experts on intermittent fasting, on dry fasting, water fasting, juice fasting. We got people talking about paleo. We got people talking about all kinds of diets. So everyone who attends can really hear all the information and formulate their own opinions. Cause that's what I think my job is to educate people so they can make their own choice and decision for themselves. And I guess my point with her is that she was in this out of balance place and, but she was maintaining habits that were keeping her out of balance. And so when we switched it up for her and we got a more, got her more caloric intake earlier in the day. So her blood sugar could stabilize, then her cortisol could stabilize and she needed some supplements for that. But that's a pretty simple fix, right? And so sometimes I agree with you that we get so identified with I'm this, I'm a hit person, right? So I love Orange Theory, which is probably pretty intense for most 56-year-olds, but I freaking love it. Um, and But if I get so identified with, I do Orange Theory, I do hit training, um, and I don't listen to my body, what it's telling me, and I don't see that this might be too intense to do five days a week, right, at my age, Um, which is true. And in the summit, we've got like Deborah Atkinson talking about what's appropriate in your 50s is not 
what's appropriate for a 20 year old. Um, and so if I'm not paying attention with, to that, because I'm so identified with it, you know what it's like, Elle, you know how you see the people go on Oprah for a makeover and like they're wearing the blue eyeshadow and they're still teasing their hair up like this with the total bleach blonde and, and everyone's looking like they're so identified and the, the 10 coats of mascara. And they're so identified with that, but it doesn't work for them anymore. It's kind of like that. So if I'm so identified with that, yeah, Yeah, and the same thing with not eating breakfast, then I'm not paying attention to my body. So I love what you said about you can't be so rigid. You need to learn. Part of what I teach people is you need to start listening to this right here. Yes, and if your body says eat, then you need to eat. I mean, and again, eat. there are things that throw off, right? Serotonin and cortisol can throw off cravings. We all know that if you're hypothyroid, you're going to be craving more and have almost an eating disorder, wanting sugar, even though like that's not inherently you. But I do agree with like, if you've got a real serious problem to almost every client of mine that's in a hypothyroid state that hasn't fixed it yet, when they talk about like, oh, I'm doing IF, I'm like, whoa, or keto, I'm like, nah, let's dial it back and let's go to a standard lowish carb paleo ancestral paradigm. It doesn't mean you need to eat a huge breakfast, but let's... Let's look at a little bit normalcy first. Then you might realize over time, oh yeah, you know, I'm not hungry in the morning or I'll skip today. And then tomorrow I don't. I love what you said about hit five days a week. You know, listen, CrossFit five days a week will backfire on your butt, everybody. Uh, if unless you are an athlete who is treating it like an athlete, <laughs> athletic situation where you are getting the right nutrition for that yes. amount, nobody in our paleo primal world would ever say to do hit five days, six days a week. Again, if you can tolerate that and you're an athletic level at a different level, then you're, com- then you're also compensating in other different ways. But for the most people that are just out there, like, you know, you and me around the world, like, oh, we go CrossFit five days a week. That is chronic cardio. That is going way above your max heart rate on too much of a regular basis, and it's going to be burning glucose. It's glycolytic, which again is going to put you in this hamster wheel of carbohydrate dependency. And so, this is why, like, no, one, two days a week, maybe a little quick sprint session. Don't go crazy. Maybe it's once a week. And then also, too, when you're not feeling it, don't do it. So, you know, here at Primal Blueprint, we're all about like, hey, let's let's clean everything up so we can get intuitive, and then don't be rigid. It's about metabolic flexibility at every level here. And I, I just agree with that. I'm glad we cleared that up about IF. If you are suffering right now, this may not be the time to stick rigidly to that. Or even if you don't have that appetite in the morning, maybe there's something. There's a little something that you can put in your mouth, right? There's a a little something. Maybe it's a mini breakfast. Maybe it's just something um, to sort of get things evened out until cortisol and adrenals get themselves back in order. Yeah. Yeah. When people tell me they're not hungry in the morning, I immediately know they have an insulin problem and they probably have a cortisol problem because when you're insulin resistant or you're having any type of insulin problem, that's one of the cardinal signs, uh, lack of hunger in the morning. And that's to break that cycle. You really have to balance that sugar. But I love what you're saying that you know, diets are very specific for certain people at certain times. There's no panacea, like everybody should be doing this. There's no such thing. No, you got to do what works for you. Yeah. What works for you at the time with what you're dealing with, you've got to figure that out. Um, and I call it medicinal dieting, right? So what's medicinal for you um, today might not be medicinal for you in three months. Yeah. And for example, like I wrote, I I wore a continuous glucose monitor as an experiment for two weeks and it was, you know, hot and it's summer. So it's later hours. And I was eating late before bed. Now we know this is like a standard rule. You're not supposed to do that, but you could see the diagnostics of the 
uh, blood glucose during the night and I didn't wake up feeling as refreshed and I wasn't feeling as great because I was eating late. That again, an N equals one experiment to say, I need to dial back my eating window. Like I need to push this thing back. And as much as I'd rather eat late and I preferred or whatever, I can see this now. I can see what this is doing. And this is like a change that I'm going to have to make. And maybe I move it an hour back for the first week and tour, right? But again, like these are the things where even though everything's seemingly go great, you make a change like that and you can see a difference in your overall body composition, et cetera. And again, it was like me just eating too late. Do you know what I mean? My, my window yeah. was just too late before bed. I kind of go to bed early and, and, and again, switching it up really helped and change things. So again, it's about constant experimentation and equals one. And like you said, the diet for the right time, keto can be great for a while in a certain circumstance, but that doesn't mean it's meant to be forever. Um, of course, if you're epileptic, you have a traumatic brain injury and you have to, for that reason, okay, that's different. But again, most of us out there, we go to these catchphrases, we go to these diets, like, oh, keto will do it. This will do it. You know, you can also get really fat on a keto diet. You can get super fat on a low carb diet. I have been there myself because you can overeat fat that you're not burning. Yep. So, so, you know, these things are not just, you know, foolproof, like jump in there and you're, it's going to work. It's, uh, you know, you've got to, and again, there's still some people that have tried all of these things and they're like, I'm just a breakfast eater and I can't do intermittent fasting that way. If I do it, it's got to be later in the time or again, it's what works for you guys and your activity level as well. Um, tell us a little bit, tell us about your book. Oh yeah. So my book, Cracking the Bikini Code, Six Secrets to Permanent Weight Loss Success. Um, I wrote to kind of document the the tools that I use to lose a hundred pounds. And I actually created a program when I had a brick and mortar office at the time that I did with people live in person. And since then I've done it virtually with groups of people. I have patients all over the United States um, and I take them through the same steps that I use to lose weight. Um, and I work with clients one-on-one as well. So it really was to document what are the keys that we need to address to successfully and permanently lose weight. Awesome. And so tell us, uh, we're going to put everything in the show notes to connect. Tell us about the summit. Tell us when it starts, how many experts. Give us a little bit of a rundown of your Stop the Menopause Madness Summit. Awesome. So we are almost up to 50 experts now, and they're going to be teaching everything you need to know at midlife from 40 to 60 to lose weight, regain energy, balance your hormones, balance your moods, feel sexy and confident and look great, and really master this time of life. Because like Ellen and I have been talking about, this should be really the best time of your life. You know, hopefully your kids are growing up and being semi-independent, if not independent and out of the house. Um, and whether you're partnered or not, those relationships are flourishing. Um, and it's really a time where you get to rediscover who you are and enjoy yourself and, and do have that second chapter where, you know, maybe it's that you want to travel or you want to write a book or start a business, whatever it is that you want to do. Your health is the foundation for the gifts that only you can bring into this world. So the summit has top experts, like I've already mentioned, the majority of people are MDs or NDs, nutritionists, credentialed health professionals, and lots of people like you, Elle, who I think your experience is invaluable because you probably know more about thyroid health than most any doctor. Um, I would definitely put you head to head. You even taught me a few things during the summit interview. So thank you for that. Um, well, so, like you said, when you've been through it, it yeah. you know. 
Yeah. You know, and so there's just going to be, it's going to be for you to stop the madness, stop the madness of you believing that my health is going to get worse as I get older. That's a lie. Stop the madness of, oh, here's a pill because you can't sleep. Here's a pill because I think you're depressed. Here's a pill because you don't want, you can't have sex or, you know, stop the madness of a pill for every ill. Stop the madness. And, you know, you can't necessarily do something, everybody watching about everybody's madness. But what you can do is fix your own madness. And then guess what? We women are the leaders of our families and we're the leaders of our communities. And so you you can bring friends to the summit or you can teach them something that you learned. And guess what? Then you start treat, helping their families to live better. And then before you know, know it, we're like a chain all across the world of women who have had our own pain, right? Because you don't come to this truthful path without having pain, health pain, right? And then when they find the truth, then you'll have found the truth. And then we women can help each other globally, where we don't have to suffer with menopause. We'll be like, menopause, yes, that's when my life started. It's when I started having multiple orgasms, it's when I started feeling really good and enjoying my life and giving myself permission to live out loud and feel as great as I can feel. So you're going to find all that and more at the summit. Great. We'll put everything to connect in the show notes. And then also tell us, so can we still work one-on-one with you? Yes. I have clients um, in every state in the United States um, that I work one-on-one with. I have group programs that I do. And so, yep, I do it all virtually. Tell tell us what website to go to. Of course, we'll put the link in the notes, but for people listening and watching right now. Yeah, it's www.kirin, which is K-Y-R-I-N, Dunstan, D-U-N-S-T-O-N-M-D for medicaldoctor.com. Great. You know what? I'm so glad you're doing this. Again, like you said, this is going to spread around the world. And in my book, The Paleothyroid Solution, I do say, I say, look, all I ask of anyone reading this is that you pay it forward when you meet another thyroid patient, right? Every woman we know is going to go through something. I learned something about, uh, I, I take uh, the only uh, identical bioidentical hormone I take other than thyroid hormone is testosterone cream. Um, now, the way I kind of knew about that is because I was talking to a girlfriend my age and she was, da, 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 and then, you know, some things clicked and right. So we got to have these conversations. And if you've been through it, talk to your girlfriends and go, Hey, I learned this. This is happening to me right now. Is it happening to you? I have called a couple of friends, Kieran, and said, Hey guys, I learned this. Are you suffering? Are these your symptoms? Cause like, this is the time of life stuff where stuff's gone wrong. And some of them are like, Oh my God. Yes. Thank God you called me up to talk about this. And other people are like, no, I'm good. But again, let's help as many other women as we can. And when you know something, spread the knowledge, pay it forward. Um, that's how, again, that's how, that's how we did it in the old times, right? Someone had some yes. tip for childbirth and it spread around the village and, you know, that's how it works. So thank you so much for all that you're doing for this. We'll put everything in the notes to connect with you. Is there anything you'd like to um, leave with our audience today? I guess the only other thing I would add is just know that you're worth it. Know that you are worth, you are worth asking the questions. You are worth questioning your doctor. You are worth finding answers outside your doctor's office. You are worth the investment in your own health. Um, If you don't invest in yourself, you know, there's nobody, I used to think for the longest time, like somebody was going to come along. I don't know who I thought and be like, Oh, I'm the answer you've been looking for. I'm going to fix your health and fix your life. And you are the one you've been waiting for and you're worth it. So you can do it. You got two women here who did it. And if you come on the summit, you will see legions more. So yeah. 
Thank you so much. And for everyone else, we will see you next week. Hey, Primal Blueprint listeners. Did you know that Primal Kitchen Collagen Peptides help support hair, skin, and nails? Well, we offer a variety of collagen products to suit everyone's palate, from unflavored to mango pineapple or golden turmeric to our keto matcha or chai tea collagen latte mixes and more. Visit us at primalkitchen.com and start fueling your day with collagen peptides. Hi, folks. Mark Sisson here. If you found your way to the primal path and want to help others live primally too, then visit primalhealthcoach.com to learn how you can join our mission to help 100 million people reclaim their health and how you can turn your passion for wellness into a profitable health coaching career that you love. The world needs health coaches. The world needs you. So visit primalhealthcoach.com today to learn more.